Welcome to Event Up, the place where people enthusiastic about events stay in the know on the latest trends within the events industry. Live, hybrid, and virtual experiences. From virtual events to conferences, award galas, and everything in between. Here's your host, Amanda Ma. Hello, welcome to Event Up, the place we get the latest and greatest in event industry news, ideas, and topics. In this episode, we'll be discussing the importance of multicultural marketing, current trends, and the current focus on DEI. Today, I'm extremely excited to be joined by Dana Arnett with Wicked Bionic. Dana's expertise is leading her team on execution operation. Every asset that Wicked Bionic produces goes through the rigorous quality assurance process Dana perfected in 35 plus years of post-production work. She led post-production on the well of over 6,000 hours of television, including The Biggest Loser, MasterChef, and For Love or Money. Dana was the last set of eyes before broadcast. As CEO and Chief Operating Officer of Wicked Bionic, Dana's number one priority is making sure that every client gets the VIP treatment they deserve. Putting her clients first, and being honest truly guides Dana's decision every day. As she often reminds her team, any marketing can sell service. We are here to partner with our clients and help them succeed. I love that, Dana. Let's jump right in. (laughs) Yes, who wouldn't want to do that? I mean, we want them all to succeed, right? Yes, but I think most important is like they're partners, right? And that's how we see them. It's not just a transaction. We are here for the long run. So true. You know, it's so funny when I started business, I didn't understand that because I thought I do something for you. You do something for me pay. Right. And I had no idea about the relationship. It is so much a partnership. It's wonderful. (laughs) Great. Well, let's start with how did you even get into this industry, Dana? This ridiculous industry. Um, Yeah. And, you know, you know, the greatest thing about Wikibionic, I was going to say, is the fact that we do multicultural marketing. And I know we're going to talk about that later. And that's really what's turned out to be the, the why I'm proud about being in this industry. So I think you said such a great thing, Amanda. Thank you having for having me as a guest. You know, I am, am so uh, happy to know you and be colleagues. You know, I love the work that you do. You know, I did come from 30 years in television. I had a great television career. And, and when I was uh, 51, I said, I don't want to do this anymore. I was a vice president at a major production company. And I said, okay, I think I'm done. And I'd had a great career. And I thought, oh, but I need a second act. You know, I was young enough to say, you know, I don't have all the money in the world and I want to find some new passions. And, um, and but it was really great. I decided to take a year off and feel what it would be like to play tennis at 11 o'clock on a Tuesday because I didn't have to work, right? I mean, it's so silly, but it was true. And, and, uh, and then I met my business partner, soon to be business partner then, Carlos Sapene. And Carlos um, and I were working on a political campaign right after I quit my job, I was just volunteering. And, um, and he said he saw something in me and I saw something in him. And he um, was a big digital marketing guy at, at NBC Universal. And he said, I have this project with TV Guide. Would you like to project manage it with me? And I'm like, 
project manager, is that like supervising? Because I didn't know marketing words versus television words, you know, I, you know, whatever. So I said, sure. And he goes, well, it's in entertainment, you know, you know, entertainment. So anyhow, so we did that little project for, for four months and rebranded TV Guide to Pop TV. And, um, and then uh, we looked at each other, we had lunch and I'm like, I don't ever want to boss again. And he goes, me neither. He was done with Universal and we started Wicked Bionic. So that is how, and that's um, seven years, we're in our seventh year. That's wonderful. I love that. Dana, what is something that you're most proud of professionally that took place recently? Boy, you know, you know, my mind, Amanda, always because you know, what are we doing every day? We're striving, right? We're both, you know, a business development at our companies, and we're always striving to um, get new clients, develop relationships, and ultimately sign contracts, right? So that is what we work for every day. I mean, we all want to, you know, bring in money and do a great job for our clients, but we are in business to to support staff and to, you know, and to grow. So um, grow revenue. And so I think for me, I could say a couple of things. Um, last week, we signed a contract with the state of California. And it's the first contract we've ever had with the state of California. And it's a thank you, I know. And it's a four month contract. It's very short, but we're doing, you know, a media campaign for the California California redistricting commission. So winning a contract, as you know, it's like magic. You work, you work, you work, you work, and then you win a contract. You're like, oh, that feels so good. So professionally, that's great. But I'll tell you honestly, when I look back at it um, in the mentoring program, Pinnacle Global Network that I'm in, that you are a member of as well, what I, what I, um, learn in that every day is that I have to be like a dog with a bone in my business, right? If I want something, I have to stick to it. And that's what I found over the last week, especially two weeks, especially with that contract and with something else. If I hadn't stuck with it, even though it looked like it wasn't going to be ours, I wouldn't have won them. And, you know, that thing I didn't have before, if you said no, I said, okay, bye. You know, that's who <laughs> I was before. I didn't know. Right. So I think professionally, that's what I'm most proud of is that I have changed in my thinking and learning how to adapt. You know, that's what it's been like. Well, congratulations. We'll need to find time to celebrate that big win of yours. We do. We do. I'd love that. For those audience that doesn't know what exactly is multicultural marketing? Yeah, you know, that's what's become our specialty. And, and, and some people say, you know, we are a marketing and advertising agency, full service. But what we found, my, my partner Carlos and I and our team, is that our passion has come from reaching, our, you know, being uh, given campaigns where we have to reach a diverse market. So multicultural marketing is the practice of marketing to one or more audiences of a specific ethnicity. Always have a hard time. Ethnicity. And what that means is usually, you know, I think more and more we're seeing a multicultural marketing, but we used to see just an ad would come out. It was usually with white people and it would come out and it was, would say, maybe it would say something in Spanish and it would say it in English um, from any number of brands. And that was called, that's called general marketing. We'll just put up anybody. The message is not specific. It's pretty much really geared towards um, white people. But what happened and what was found was that in multicultural marketing, it, there's a respect that comes by saying I as a brand am Coca-Cola and I understand the Hispanic market. I want to share with you the way that you share with people within your community. So what we've done is we know how to engage in language and in emotion and in you know the details of somebody's culture. We know how to reach them for companies and talk to them in a way that is impactful. So they actually, because nobody wants to say the same thing in Spanish 
to you, but it doesn't mean anything. They know a brand's not authentic. So we, by crafting to African-Americans, to Asians, whatever our, our, our particular market segment is, we know how to craft that messaging. And it really has given us a, a purpose because we see the results of, of that work. And we see people that like, you know, they're, we're selling them products and services that change their lives. It's amazing. That's wonderful. And you know what? The world, U.S. is becoming a melting pot, especially here in California. Right? Oh, it's no eight. longer yes. just one general, you know, it's like a mix of all different cultures. And I love that we celebrate that. But in terms of really having multicultural market, it's important because like you said, and they it, can relate to that message better. Right. And they, well, there's a stat, Amanda, that says, I'm going to get the year wrong, but that by 2025 or 2028, over 50% of the country of the United States will be multicultural. And that can be intercultural too, cross-cultural, right? Different cultures in a, in, a, in a relationship or in a person. And I think that that's, that's amazing. And, and the other thing I wanted to say is that buying power of Hispanics is $1.6 trillion in the United States. So if you're not marketing to them exactly who they are and where they consume content, you're leaving money on the table, right? So that's part of it too, you know? You don't wanna miss out on these market segments that would love to use your product or service. Definitely. So is the Asian population. That one's on the rise a lot too. Oh, no kidding. And you have very specific, specific things that you love, specific areas, things that are important to you, culture and family. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And why do you feel like, you know, just to further elaborate, it's important for businesses to think about their marketing budget in terms of multicultural? You know, you know, it's funny because people ask me often, like, does has the spending increased, you know, for, for companies? And I don't know that the spending has increased because I haven't done that kind of research on it. But I think that companies now, um, they have a bigger focus on diversity and inclusion, right, and equity. They have, there's a bigger focus. There's a mandate from all that's gone on in our world in the last couple of years that's, that's, that's you know, come to light and, and moved us all. You know, there's been so many things and we work with um, Disney's uh, diversity and inclusion team on a project and we learned so much with that as well. What they're trying to do is it's how do we unite brands you know, how do brands unite people internally and externally as well. And I think what's happened is their focus has increased and with the, you know, I think, I think also what's happened is that, like I was saying, that general marketing People and brands and companies realize they have to be authentic. And that's typically why people hire an agency. They might have an internal marketing department that does X, Y, and Z, but like when you hire an agency for the specificity of those cultural nuances that you don't know. And so that's the kind of thing that I think is really increasing. We are getting work from bigger brands that are looking to get into those spaces because they don't wanna lose those opportunities. And they also don't wanna be outdated, right? Exactly. You cannot be in that conversation now, right? I mean, you have to be. Yeah, if you want to be relevant, you know, and stay trendy, you this is what you need to do. And given, especially given what happened last year, there's so much, you know, uh, regards into representation and DEI. How are you seeing the marketing efforts have really evolved over the last year? Well, you know, I think there was a, um, we were just talking to um, one of the major airlines yesterday and, you know, they have mandates. They have a mandate to hire 
you know, we're called vendors, you and I, and what, what we do to, to, to the corporations. And so they're to hire 50% more um, African-American vendors because they looked at their makeup of their vendors, LGBTQ and, you know, Asian and minority and um, women-owned businesses. And they're like, we can do better. And so they put that mandate within the company. I'm like, I love that. So there's, there's um, what I'm seeing is that in like the utility industry and stuff, they're really raising the bar on how many LGBTQ um, agencies they need to hire too. So it's really, there's a lot more opportunity, I think, for businesses, especially what I'm talking to small businesses, um, to really grow within these, um, these brands because they really... Um, they, like I said, they can't get away with not doing it, but what's happening is the mandates are starting to come from the top. And you know, when it comes from middle management, it's not necessarily gonna be seen, but when it comes from the top in their shareholders report and it's mandated on down, that's when businesses, you know, they have to change the way they do business. So that's good for all of us, for sure. Definitely, and some, you're right. It's definitely from the top, from leadership. Cause some, a lot of the company that we see do DI well, it's because the top, they have top management buy-in Right. Yes. So their CEO constantly talk about it. It's part of their performance reviews. They're, they're being measured on it because I'm a true believer. What gets measured gets done. Otherwise, it's just generating awareness, education. And then we could talk about this, you know, for years after years after years, but nothing gets done. And finally, I think because of what happened last year and also this year as well, you know, the world is changing. So I'm glad to hear that they're raising the bar in terms of using more DI suppliers, right? I know both you and I are WBE, SBE. <laughs> I got an LGBT, you, you got a minority. <laughs> yes. Between together, us, we, we have, have, we have yeah, everything we but veteran. Veteran, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we just need a partner with a, a wonderful veteran, veteran-owned company. And Amanda, in your industry, in the event industry, in event management, do you see the conversations around DE&I or no? You know, I do see it, but you know, a lot I actually also champion because I actually reach out to different media. I say, how come I don't see any DI conversation, right? So I would say, we need a talk. We need to build a conversation like this and just, because first is have that awareness and have that education because a lot of people don't know, right? It's not right. that they don't care. It's really they just don't know. They're like, I didn't even know this is happening. Like I thought my company is really diverse until you really look at the numbers Right. Or like my board is very diverse. Well, there's only one woman on your board. <laughs> right. Um, or she, one of the organizations. Yeah. One of the organizations I'm part of. They're like, no, our organization is diverse. But when I look at the number, we're only 20 percent women. Really? But really? you know why it seems like it's diverse? It's because the 20% woman always shows up to the events. Right. They're the ones that are participating, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. That's who we are. It's yeah. who we are. But you really have to look at the number to see if you're retaining them, if you're, you know, or are they leaving for a reason? Right. And that's why right. DI is important. And that's the inclusion piece. I think, you know, I went back, I wanted to educate myself more, like you were saying, you know, you can hear and read, you know, and we can market to people, but I really wanted to learn more on, uh, you know, a fundamental level. And so I took a certification program course uh, from Cornell University this year on diversity and inclusion. I got a certification and it was four courses and it was on unconscious bias, but, but mostly it was about inclusion and how we're, we're including, like you're saying, 
bringing everybody to the table, letting everybody have a voice, no matter what color or type or whatever you are, bringing everybody together. And I thought that's almost where I feel like, especially in marketing, you know, it's going to be less about checking the diversity box. I have this many African-Americans and this many um, women and, and that, but uh, really about how are we including people? How are we bringing them together? That's the beautiful thing. And I think in, in all of our organizations as well, it is something for us to pay attention to for sure. Definitely. And I just spoke at um, the Miami conference for the special events and literally, you know, one of the attendees came up and said, you know, I don't even know how to bring this up to my organization right? Because it's very, a very boys club. And she's like, being a woman is really hard. And every time we suggest doing some woman focused event, they get shut down. Uh, right. And you know, you know, I'll tell you, there were a lot of examples in my class. And I, I was a little bit blessed because I come from television and entertainment where things are very open, right? I've had that, that career like that. Marketing, I live in LA, it's very open, right? But there are a lot of people in my course, or I think 42 of us, and there were people that were in very corporate, very straight environments in healthcare or in, in, um, in education. And they, exactly what you just said, no way were they even supported to even bring up the conversation. And what they were saying was very important for those of us that are aware to be advocates. Like if she had a man or a couple of men in the company that were advocates, that's how you get it going, right? You need the advocates and we have to be advocates for each other. Definitely, yeah. And have, have, are you seeing the spending increase due to the companies having a D, like a bigger DI focus, Dana? I think, I think I'm not seeing it increase at, yet in, in what who we're dealing with as much as it is mandatory within their media spend. Like it's mandatory no matter what. So it's not necessarily that they're putting more money towards it, but before it was more general marketing. And now it's, and if you think about it, if I have a thousand dollars that I'm going to spend on, 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 on uh, Facebook ads and billboards and whatever, all the thing, radio, um, and I take a thousand dollars and I, 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 and I go fishing in the ocean for these people that I want. And there's fish in the ocean. And maybe I'll catch a fish here or there, right? One or two people that might buy my product or service. But if I do research and I fish in a lake and I fish in a lake and I know those trout, what those fish are in that lake and where they hang out in that lake and where, what they eat in that lake and I fish there with that thousand dollars, way more likely to catch. So think about the fact that we don't, it, it saves money. The return on investment is so much better by targeting a smaller, more segmented group, for sure. Definitely. And I just so want we'll to- we'll go fishing if you want to go fishing. <laughs> we'll go fishing. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I definitely get the question like, oh, do you ever get hired because you're a woman-owned company or minority-owned? I say those are probably bonus elements of value add, but at the end of the day, we're- great, you know, event management agency. And that's why we get hired, right? Nobody ever tells me like, Amanda, I'm hiring you because you're a woman. Like, never. It opens the door. Well, that's it what it yeah. is. It opens the door. But you're absolutely right. I'm like, yes, I have a woman-owned business certification and all these other certifications, but we're really, really good at what we do, just like you are. And that's what is, because they're not working with the certification when they sign a contract with you. They're working with you and your people. And if you and your people don't deliver, it hurts all of us. So yeah, I, I agree with you hundred percent. That's why we have to always be out there selling ourselves, right? Yeah. And it's funny. We even have it the other way around where we've been working for them with a few years and they're like, wait a minute, 
by the way, do you guys have certification? We're like, yes, we do. They're like, oh my gosh, we could have like used that. We could have checked the box. They're like, okay, I'm going to tell my um, supplier diversity people. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh, that's so yeah. true. We're like, so this true. is part of our surprise and delight. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love Great. it. And, you know, congrats again on your work with State of California. I can't wait to see that come through. And I know you work with a lot of city of Los Angeles. What exactly do you do with them? Well, we were fortunate about, I think we're in our fourth year. So about four years ago, we um, won a contract with the city of Los Angeles, but specifically for the 73 Los Angeles public libraries in our city. And what they needed is they needed, um, they needed the residents of our city to know more about the library. The library was far more than just books, right? They needed to, you know, get their reputation because I went to a library when I was a kid, but I don't do that anymore. And I mean, I didn't have a library card. And um, so it was a reputation, but also they had programs, have programs that are free. And one of the first, so we, we launched with three programs. One of them is on immigration. The library, Los Angeles Public Library offers free immigration services, free. Like you go in, you sign up, the lawyers are brought in, you're working through. I mean, it's, um, I think at the end, you have to pay for the actual application to apply for citizenship, but it is an incredible thing just by having a library card. So, so we did that. And then we did a campaign that was um, for people that didn't have a high school diploma, people that were kind of languishing with in their 20s or early 30s, and they needed to bring in more income. They had families, but they couldn't get anywhere because they didn't even have a high school diploma. So the library offers free high school diploma scholarships. You do it online in your own time. And then the amazing thing, and what I think really spun it for, for Carlos and I and for the company is we went to one of the graduation ceremonies of those people that took. We were at downtown the library. We were in tears. I mean, when do you get to make a profound impact by something you throw, exactly, you throw out there and like you see that impact. So, and that was free again, scholarships. And then they have a, um, think about this during COVID, all these free downloads, free downloads of music and books and comic books and training for all free with your library card if you just log in. And we had the first month of the pandemic between March and April, we our advertising drove 16 million downloads, 16 million downloads of all that e-media. It's really incredible. So yeah, the library is really cool. And that's, that's one of the main things we do for the city of Los Angeles. That's amazing. I did. I honestly did not know there's more than books there. So that's <laughs> wonderful. For those of card. <laughs> the card is more than just for books. So for those of you that are tuning in, you know, if you know someone that needs these services, please let them know. And I think LAPL.org. 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 Los Angeles Public Library. LAPL.org. That's They're wonderful. the best. Yeah. Dana, what is the, um, I think those are so great. And I had a lot of great key takeaways. I'm writing them down as I'm listening to you. You're so you know, cute. like how do, how do brands unite people? That's one that really stood out to me. Brands, and then secondly, brands had to be really authentic, right? And that's why they hire agency like yours, because you have to, to be able to do that, to connect with them on a different level. And then third, I love this one, the LA Library, the free immigration service, as well as all these other resources. Library is more than just books. Isn't that beautiful? Love it. 
Amazing. I'm learning something new every day. Dana, what is the best way for the audience to get in touch with you? Well, Wicked Bionic is on Instagram under Wicked Bionic, and we have our Facebook page, Wicked Bionic. Um, one of the things, if you want to reach out to me about business, um, if you go to, we just actually relaunched our new website, it's wickedbionic.com contact. And there's a whole contact page. It comes straight to us and we know what's going on. So you can fill out any information or you can certainly, um, it'll get right to me, certainly. So that's awesome. You. And Dana's a superwoman. Not only does she run her own company, she also sits on the board of WeBank. Very well connected, just very knowledgeable. And I would definitely say she's a, not only a go-getter, but also a go-giver. So I'm very just grateful that she can make the time to come on our show today. Thank you so much, Dana, for joining Thank us. Thank you, Amanda. Thank and for you those of you so that are tuning in, if you have any questions or if you're interested in Wicked Bionic, please make sure to reach out to Dana, okay, for all your multicultural needs. Thank you again for tuning in today's episode of Event Up. If your company is looking to level up your event experiences, we are your solution. We do all the work. You take all the credit. Give us a call. We have a series of webinars coming up where we will be covering virtual events 101, deep dive into engagement and impact, as well as going back to live events. Make sure you go to our website to register. Until then, make sure to subscribe so you can check out more of our episodes. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time on Event Up.